plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jets on this Wednesday, the 26th of April, the year 2017. Nice to have you with us. I am John B. from gangrenenation.com. You can subscribe to this show if you enjoy it, either iTunes or Audio Boom, whichever is easiest for you, and we will deliver the show to your device each day. So you can take us with you wherever you want to go on the day and listen on demand. If you really enjoy this show, give it a good rating. Helps us out. We appreciate it. We're just one day away, folks. The NFL Draft kicks off tomorrow night in Philadelphia. The uh, Jets will be picking sixth unless they make a trade, either up or down. So, finally, after uh, all these months, the Jets will be adding a player. They certainly hope it will be a good player. Uh, Jets history dictates that that's not a lock. Now, yesterday we talked about some of the elite talents, guys I thought were just elite-level players that they could potentially uh, use with that pick. Today I'm going to personalize this a little more, and I'm going to tell you who my guys are in the draft. And By my guys, I mean, I think every year anybody who looks at draft prospects inevitably finds some players that they just really like, and it's not necessarily that these guys are going to be the top players in the draft. And in many cases, they're not going to be good pros. I mean, in some cases, you, they're just late-round picks whose game just jumps out to you for whatever reason. But they kind of become but your guys. You like them, and you kind of end up pulling for them even if your team does not draft them just because you like their games. There's just something about them that you like. So today I'm going to tell you about my guys, and you know, you can leave a comment, you can tell us who your guys are um, in the draft. So I'm going to name you six guys. There are two guys who are going to be early round picks, two guys who could be going in the middle rounds, you could see them going early, um, and then two guys who are probably going to be late round picks, who I just kind of like, and uh, I'm not saying that any of these guys is necessarily going to be a great NFL player, although I think the early round guys are going to be very good. You know, the late round guys are just kind of throwing out a couple guys. I like what I've seen. I don't know how good they're going to be in the pros, but you know, like I said, you, you pull for them just because there's something about their games that y you like. So the early round guys I have, and I'm going one on offense, one on defense on offense. It's um, Evan Ingram from Ole Miss. It's a guy whose game I really like. And he Actually, I think he could be a first-round pick. Um, so what I like about Ingram is he's just uh, he's so he's athletic and he's just smooth as a receiver. And I'm hoping that this guy goes to an offensive coaching staff that knows 
what it's doing because Ingram is listed technically as a tight end, but I mean, you, you don't let that fool you. He's a wide receiver. He, I think he's a receiver. And I've heard the Jordan Reed comparison dropped, and that's not a bad one. I could see him being used that way, and I could see him being moved around, maybe used in, as an H-back role. But if you're looking to improve your tight end position, I'm not sure that this is the guy to go get. I, I don't view him as a tight end as much as I view him as a pass catcher, a weapon in the passing game. He, and I don't think he, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a great blocker. So don't get him if you're looking for a guy who does it all as a tight end. Get him if you're looking for a guy who's going to create mismatches. And as much as I think that, you know, I could see the Jordan Reed comparison, I think that you just stick this guy in the slot and let him use his route running and his size and let him just uh, go dominate nickelbacks. I I, I really view that, that as... His calling in this league, I think he's a guy who could, and he's, a, he's an excellent route runner. It seems like a very refined route runner. Runs very crisp routes. Lots of like in this guy's game. So uh, that's a guy I, I really like. He could be a first rounder. Second guy is uh, Hassan Reddick, and it seems like to me every year that there's a guy, a player or two who the mock drafts underestimate how early early this guy will go and I think Reddick might be one of those guys you know last year the Giants drafted Eli Apple and people went crazy and then the day after that first round you started hearing all these reports about how other teams really valued Apple that as high as the Giants did and it was just that the mock drafts did not necessarily see apple going that high and that's what drove people crazy and you know you can't always judge these things based on mock drafts and reddick's a guy he's an interesting guy because you don't really know what his position is in the pros people will tell you all kinds of different things Uh, a couple weeks ago i asked tony pauline on this podcast and he kind of was like what are you talking about he's a three four edge rusher i'm not so sure about that i think he's a guy who could potentially play any linebacker spot in a four man's front and maybe even any linebacker spot in a three-man front um you know he's a guy who played a lot on the defensive line in college but had more than one role there, there was a game where they used him as a spy against an athletic quarterback he's a guy who reports indicate looked very smooth during senior bowl practices when he played the off-ball linebacker spot so i think he's a guy who could kind of do it all i think i think he's going to turn into a pretty good cover guy I think he plays the right, you know, one of the things that really, one of the reasons he's my guy, one of my guys is it seemed like whenever I watched him, it, no, no team could ever block him just using one guy. He was always commanding two, three blockers. To, and even then there were points where he was winning and I was struggling with the comparison. I've heard Jamie, the Jamie Collins comparison dropped a couple times on him and it's not terrible. The thing is, he's not that he's not as big as Collins, so I don't know that that, that works. But I think Reddick, if you get him and you kind of have him do a little bit of everything, line up at different linebacker spots. I think primarily he's going to be an off-ball linebacker, but I you know I see him as a blitzer, and you you let him do that, and he does a little bit of everything. He drops into coverage, plays the run, blitzes sometimes, moves over, moves around a little bit. I think you're going to have a really good player. So I'm a big fan of Reddick's game, and again, he's he's, I would guess he's a first-round pick. So those are my two guys who are going to be very early, I think, and then two guys who are probably mid-round. I I don't know mid-round, maybe 
day two, maybe, you know, day two possibilities, maybe day three. But um, so maybe 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 calling these next two guys mid round is selling them short a little bit. But I don't think either of these guys are going to go in the first round. So maybe day two is probably their ceiling and they could be day three. They could be the genuine middle rounds. And again, we'll go one offense, one defense. Um, my guy on defense is a guy who played at Miami by the name of Corn Elder. And I have to be honest with you, this was not a guy I set out to really do a lot of homework on when the draft process began. Now, Elder's a kind of an undersized guy. He's 5'11", I'm sorry, 5'10", 183 pounds, so... You know, questions about where he's going to uh, play in the pros. He might be a little too small to play, be a pure outside, cor- outside corner. The thing about him was, as I told you, I didn't really set out to watch him. It's just that there are so many quarterbacks in this class who play at the a- in the ACC, which is where Elder played his college ball in Miami, that inevitably, if you were watching all these quarterbacks, you... And you watched Miami play a, a bunch, and by like the third game, I watched some a quarterback against Miami. I was like, "Who the heck is this guy?" Because I, all I saw was this corner who was kept making plays, and it was Elder. And you know, you're, you're watching it, and eventually, you're just like, "My God, this guy! I love this guy!" And you know, even though he's, um, even though he's undersized, he's. You know, not afraid to mix it up. He's he's not afraid to get physical. He's uh, got he's, you know he's a fluid athlete. He's not a willing tackler, which is it's funny because this is viewed as a historically great cornerback class. But a lot of these guys don't like to tackle. You know, he does like to tackle, and you know he's uh he's just a, he may not be you know big. He may not have great top end speed, but you know he's he's fluid. He is he's explosive. So where does he play? Do you move him to a safety spot? He's got you know, I think he's got good instincts. Do you move him to a safety spot? Do you drop him into the slot? Is he a full time slot corner? I mean I don't know, but I think this guy's got a shot to make it in the NFL despite his size. And even if he's just a full time slot corner, um, you know teams are using nickel packages on more than half the plays now. It's not the base defense in the NFL. It's not 4-3, it's not 3-4 anymore. Teams are using at least five defensive backs as their base defense now. So I don't know that that's necessarily the knock on a player, even if he is just a, a guy who comes in in nickel situations. You know, I don't I don't know that that's really uh, necessarily as big of a uh, hit to a player's stock as it may have been, you know, say 20 years ago where the passing game was not and the passing game is always prevalent but the passing game was not quite as prevalent the rules had not changed um offenses had not modernized to the extent they have today now my uh next my my offensive guy in this grouping is a wide receiver out of east carolina by the name of uh, isaiah jones i call him zay jones and I look at this kid and I view him as a guy who was really just, if you were building a guy to play in a West Coast style offense, that's him because he's just a, he's a guy who 
has I love his footwork on routes. I think he runs really good routes, very you know, very crisp routes. Really like what I see from him. And he also is very good at catching the ball uh, on short stuff. And there are certain quarterbacks where you, you just watch the receiver. You watch how hard the receiver has to work, how many times the receiver has to adjust to the ball. And you're like, come on, man. And that's that's East Carolina's quarterback. <laughs> because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I said, come on, man, when, when I watched this guy, this guy throw a ball, inaccurate, an, an inaccurate pass to Zay Jones. And Jones caught pretty much everything anyway. It didn't matter how far off target it was, how how far he had to reach. He usually caught everything. And, you know, there are a couple other quarterbacks who were like that. Um, the kid out of Miami, when I was watching David Njoku, uh, Brad Kaya, I was always like, come on, man. <laughs> he's going to Njoku. And I didn't even really uh, – He's a, this quarterback's a draft prospect. I didn't even really watch a whole lot of him because I felt like I got my evaluation watching him throw the ball to Njoku. And the the other quarterback this really comes to mind too was Jake Browning from Washington when throwing to John Ross. I mean, how many times John Ross had to adjust to a ball? It was it was amazing, and I, I'm surprised people talk about Browning as this top tier quarterback next year. Now I haven't done a ton of legwork on Browning yet, but just based on how many times his throws to Ross were off target, I mean, it's a little troubling. But anyways, Jones maybe dealt with the worst of the quarterback, the shakiest of the quarterback play from the uh, receiving prospects that I watched, and he still did his job pretty well. So that's a guy who I think would be a really solid pick for a team in round two to three, and if he falls into day three, I think he could be a potential steal for any team. So now let's talk about a couple late-round guys, and these are, you know, this is just me throwing it out there. I'm not saying... I. I'm very confident my early round guys are going to be good players. I think my mid, you know, my day two, possibly day three guys, Elder and uh, Jones, I think they got a shot to be very good players. These are guys who I'm not totally convinced that they're going to be good players. They're just certain things about their game that I like. So um, keep that in mind. I'm not saying either of these late round guys is going to be great. There's just something I like about them when I watch them. So... On defense, um, it's a linebacker out of Boise State, Tanner Vallejo, and this is a guy who's kind of kind of had his career derailed by injuries. Earlier in his career, he had a, he had a great season, and he was dealing with a, a wrist issue uh, later on in his college career. But he is a guy who I just noticed there are not. He's a linebacker. He's an off-ball linebacker. And I just really like the path he takes to the football. I, I'm very impressed by that. I don't see a ton of false steps. He just he's always taking good angles to the football. Now he's playing in a you know not the greatest conference, so I think we I think you've seen that enough in the pros to understand that you know you increase the speed of the game. Sometimes a guy's angles get worse because he's not usually not used to dealing with that and. He's, this guy is not an athletic marvel. He's kind of undersized to play off-ball linebacker spot, and nothing about his testing really jumped off the page, but he just looks smooth, and when he drops into coverage, he looks smooth. There's just something I like about him, and again, this guy, I'm not saying... You, you can get on me if Ingram ends up not being a good pro or Reddick gets into a, not being a good pro. That's fair. 
I'm just throwing out a late round prospect that I like, and this guy kind of jumps off the page to me when I when I watched him. I really uh, Tanner Vallejo, just really like him. He was productive when he was healthy and played through an injury, which is something you have to like. And he just even though he doesn't test, he's not a physical marvel. He's just a guy who seems to he's better on the football field than he is in shorts. He's a guy who just knows what he's doing out on the field. He knows where he needs to get to and looks smooth doing it. And so that's my defensive guy. And on offense, I will give you a quarterback. We'll talk about a developmental quarterback I like, uh, Gerard Evans from Virginia Tech. Um, I like him because he... You know, he's talked about how he models his game after Cam Newton, and I can see a little bit of that in him. I think he, he's he got a little bit of Newton to his game. He's athletic. He only played one year at a major college, but he, he took the, played the he also went the junior college route the way Newton did, and he was, product, he was very productive there. Um, there's a great film series by a guy named Matt Waldman. He really takes you in depth about when it comes to some of the technical aspects of the games of uh, numerous prospects. He did a fairly lengthy video on Evans, and I, I thought it was very informative. And Evans, uh, he talked about how Evans is more advanced than people give him credit for, and he took you through one play where he went into he went into multiple reads, and it, it was really enlightening. And I've heard good things about Evans from other people who I know so and I, I thought he's not a finished product. He's gonna a guy who's some of his uh, mechanics are gonna take some development. You're gonna have to sit him down. I don't think he's gonna be ready to play as a rookie, if he ever is. But in terms of a developmental quarterback, he's he checks all. I mean, he's got excellent physical tools, and I think his game's more advanced. He's you know he's more experienced than you would think from a quarterback with only one year of uh, major college experience because he played before he went to Virginia Tech, and he was been productive so I, I think there's a lot a lot to like there and we'll see what happens with him but I think that in terms of late round quarterback there's a guy I'll have my eye on to figure see where he goes and you know you you pull for these guys you based on what you know about them on the field you know you you like to see them do well because something about these guys games that you just like so those are my guys and I'd love to hear who your guys are in the NFL draft That'll do it for our show today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. I am John B. from gangreennation.com. Please subscribe to the show, either iTunes or Audio Boom. Give it good ratings. We appreciate it. And the next time we chat, it will be draft day. We'll do our regular Thursday mailbag show uh, leading into the draft. So we'll chat then. Take care. Enjoy your Wednesday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.